0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Danny Deeth and I'm so excited to welcome you to Sunday Morning at First Presbyterian Church. Today is Trinity Sunday, where we will explore that mystical union of God, Son, and Holy Spirit together. How does all that work? Well, let's find out. We're glad you're here. Come on in.
1: Today's first lesson comes from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. You can follow me with your pew Bibles if you like. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second lesson is taken from Paul's letter to the church in Rome. We are in Romans 8, verses 12 through 17. Listen for the word of the Lord. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who were led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if, in fact, we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. This is the Word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. So, Friday night, Vicky and I, oh yes we did, oh yes we did, we went to see a movie in a theater. First time in probably 18 months we had been to the theater. Now, I'm a, a popcorn and cherry coke at the movie theater. That's the only place I drink cherry coke at the theater. Get the big bucket of that, and we share that, just the liquid, and then, and then you get the annual bucket. It's just a trough you hang on your neck and you, you feed like a mule on it, the whole thing. You can get the free refills if you do it right, because the previews take about a half an hour. If you can eat it down before then, then you can run out and come back and get a fresh one for the rest of the movie. That's right. I'm serious about my popcorn. So we went to see A Quiet Place 2, the sequel. A Quiet Place is a horror movie written by John Krasinski, formerly of Jim from The Office, and his wife, Emily Blunt. She did a remake of Mary Poppins. They are married in real life, and they are married in this movie. I am not suggesting and or endorsing said movie. I'm just explaining and telling you that's what we went to see. It's a horror movie, and it's scary. And the premise, and I'll try not to, not going not gonna to spoil anything, won't be a spoiler. The first one came out a few years ago, the second one again this weekend. So everything's fine in the world. And then, spaceships of some sort, don't know what happens, and from then on, monsters. It's just monsters. That's really it. They're scary. They're kind of big, bulky, spidery things. It's got a torso, and then kind of claw-like, big, long appendages, and they're big, and they will eat you. So what's the deal about a quiet place? Well, what's different about this is they are blind. They can't see. Everything is in the hearing. And so everybody that survives the initial attack and starts to figure this out has to live a life completely sound free. Come on. So they, they rework their home. They don't talk, they use sign language, and it helps because one of their children is, is uh, deaf, hearing impaired, so they were signers anyway. There were, I'm not even gonna tell you how many children, but they have several younger children. I'll leave it there. And again, they change everything. They don't wear shoes because shoes make noise. If you crunch on a leaf in the woods, the monster comes. They've changed out their Monopoly board. It's not the car and the other the dog and all that. You know, it makes that sound, tap, tap, tap. They switched it out for little bits of cloth and things like that that don't make noise when they tap. They don't openly talk to each other. And in the first one... The mother's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's just think about that for a minute. So in the second one, you know what? I'm not even, I can't even tell you. But it was scary. I'll just say that. So my question is, why do we sometimes put ourselves, go out of our way to put ourselves in a position of fear? Well, in this case, it's kind of fun. It's different. It's outside of the norm, right? And we are not in the movie, although we are watching the movie. We are sympathetic to those characters, but we're not in it. We can close our eyes. We can leave the movie. We can turn it off on TV if we want to, change the channel. We can control the environment in that case. Suspense, horror movies, the book industry, so much is built on fear and scaring the readers and the watchers. And we openly take ourselves to those places sometimes. Again, you can always close a book. You can always turn off the TV or leave the movie theater to get a fresh bucket of popcorn. But the difference in fear is that in the rest of our life, we don't have that kind of control, do we? If we get scared at a movie that we're watching, say at home, again, you can turn off the TV. You can't do that for the things that threaten us in our world. I wish we could. Sometimes if the news is giving us that news, we turn it off and don't want to think about it, but it doesn't mean that issue goes away. It just means maybe we've heard enough or you can't take it because the news is so bad. Fear is a part of who we are. It's a part of our daily journey. As positive and joy-filled as we are, we live with a certain degree of fear. It's a part of our lives. So then the question becomes, how do we handle it or does it handle us? There was that story about A husband and wife that wanted to go camping at Yosemite and the husband said I want a tent camp we're here let's let's do the thing and the wife says no I don't want to tent camp she was afraid about the bears and so she said well the husband said let's go talk to the park ranger and see if there have been any sightings so they go talk to the park ranger He says no we haven't seen any grizzlies or any black bears this year she said there are two kinds of bears here he says yes she said well how do you know which one's which He said, well, if you're climbing up a tree and a bear goes up after you, that's a black bear. If you are up a tree and a grizzly shakes you out of it, that's a grizzly. So they enjoyed their night in the motel. Fear is, again, all around us. One more. I'll just give you one little one. A man was watching a construction worker way up hundreds of feet in the air, just the metal skeleton of this building. And he's walking around up there. He's watching this construction worker. He's not hesitating. He's jumping from beam to beam, hundreds of feet in the air. Finally, he comes down and he says, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just walking by. I saw you jumping around like a billy goat up there. How, how can you have no fear? He says, well, my last job trained me he said, what did you do? He said, I used to drive a school bus, then I lost my nerve. <laughs> <laughs> so that fear that can take us over, that fear that can manipulate us, that fear that can keep us from being who God called us to be, we know it exists. The, the question is, how big a part of our life is it And what do we do about it if we don't like the amount of fear that we live with in our life? Good segue. Thank you. Today is Trinity Sunday. What does that mean? Well, we celebrate that mystical union of God, the Creator, Jesus, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, the Sustainer. We say that in our churchy formula sometimes, creator, redeemer, sustainer. In fact, the Trinity is never mentioned as as a being. The word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible, although all three of those aspects and parts of God do. So how do they all interreact or interrelate to one another? Does anybody have a good analogy? Y'all have been at this a long time. Have you heard anything that to you sounds like it's a helpful way to think about how these three pieces work in one? I'll give you seven seconds. Any thoughts what the Holy Spirit might be like or could be like? All right. How about Neapolitan ice cream? That is three flavors, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. It's all ice cream. It's three different flavors. You can scoop and just eat one. Or if you do it right, you can scoop and eat all three. Another? I've heard it as a tree. So God creator would be the root system from where the tree begins under the surface, under that layer of dirt in the ground. You don't see. Christ would be the trunk that comes out of that. And then the spirit would be the branches and the fruit that come out. Different aspects, but the same thing. One more, then I'll stop. Water. We know the different forms water can take. Water can be water. As you uh, turn on your faucet, it can be ice if you freeze it. We have the recipe. If you would like to have that, just contact the church office. We have steam. Steam. But the key part of these three things, yes, they're all water and they all do different things, but you need the right one at the right time. You don't want to go into the shower and that's when the ice comes. You don't want to pour a nice glass of Coca-Cola and fill it with steam, steamed Coke. Only a matter of time, I guess. But for now, that's not a thing. So in that case, it's the right presence of God for us at the right time. If we look throughout the history of the world, we see generally in Old Testament times, God, the creator was there with them and appeared to them in visions, in a burning bush, in pillars of cloud, in fire, in dreams, Jacob's ladder up and down. God's presence appeared in fire, as we celebrated some last week in Pentecost. Then Jesus came, another form of the same God, in a tangible wrapper that looks like you and me. Humanity. God became one of us, imperfect, inferior, yet made in God's image and filled with the divine spark lived as one of us, taught, healed, did all these miracles, called the disciples together, changed the world through his voluntary crucifixion and the way he was brought from death to life, resurrected and changed the world from that day forward. We continue to live in response to that event. Then Jesus ascended. And again, as we talked about last week in Luke's account in Acts 2 of the Holy Spirit descending. Tongues of fire, a mighty wind that filled the disciples and everyone present and then sent them out with their mission, with the understanding of the resurrected Christ into the world. And because of that, We are here today. They had said, you know what? That Jesus saying was amazing. We've got pictures. I put a scrapbook together. We will always remember what happened. That would be a dead Jesus. That is not who we follow. That is not who is with us every day. But they didn't. They knew that God was alive, that Christ was alive, and the Spirit filled them with that Help them understand that, gave them the gifts to go out and to share with others through their lives to tell others what they have seen. And again, because of that, do we sit here at First Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Georgia. And it's why every Christian church in the world exists from that giving of the Holy Spirit. And that is the sustainer that presence of God that will be with us from that Pentecost until Christ comes again in the second coming. When we don't know, don't let anybody tell you. They do know because they don't. Even Jesus said, I don't know. Jesus doesn't know, we don't know. So the Spirit is that which fills us, counsels us, convicts us, gifts us, comforts us is present with us, walks with us, fills us. What about any of those three pieces of God is bad news? What does all that presence indicate? God made us, thanks for making us. And because God made us, God has plans for us. And because God has plans for us, God will not leave us Until the world is redeemed again, again, when Christ comes for the second coming. This isn't a faraway God. This is an intimate God that sent Christ and the Holy Spirit to be as one of us and to dwell within us. Can you get any more intimate than dwelling inside of each one of us? No. How does it all work together? It is a mystical union. But it is all God. I know that. It is all love. I know that. It is all relationship. I know that. It is all for us. And on behalf of us, I know that. And so do you. So what keeps us in this quiet place? Afraid to go out. What monsters lurk when we start talking about faith in Jesus so other people can hear? What monsters are we afraid are going to come attack us? Judgment from other people? One of them Christians? I read an article last week about some preacher, some, somebody that blah, 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 blah. It's all horrible coverage most of the time. They never carry steadily good things that the church does. It's always When we make poor decisions, or individuals do that represent the church, there's some monster fear there. If you literally speak out of this quiet place and talk about your faith, how many of us are comfortable doing that? A few of us, maybe? Go to the Mark Carls Institute of Sharing Your Faith. He can help us all. If we speak about our faith, we're afraid we're going to be seen not only as one of those crazy Christians, but in our pluralistic world as something or someone judgmental because we believe in Christ, someone or something exclusive because we dare follow the Savior that came to save the world, not to condemn it. We're afraid if we speak and say the name of Jesus Christ, that monster is going to come and attack us. So we remain in our quiet place. fear. There's so much fear about us individually. Fear absolutely paralyzes us, and we know it. There's a story about a pastor and his wife who went to stay with some friends at the beach. The back of their yard is open and kind of trails down into the, onto the, to the beach and the water right there. Lovely night, they're on the back deck, got the candles out, and they're Youngish golden retriever, bounding around, happy and playful, sweet dog, well-trained. They've got him on uh, an invisible fence, right? We have those, so you don't have to put up a fence. You bury a line, and then you put a receiver on the dog's collar. So when the dog comes close, gets one of those, and learns not to go past that spot. So as they're out watching the dog be playful in the backyard, a couple of people come walking down the beach with a couple of little puppies. They are playing. They're running into the water and out. They're playing fetch with little sticks. And the golden sees them and wants to run over and play. He runs up to the line and is jumping up and down and running and running And the preacher thought, it's it's so sad. Why can't he just go and play? Will he take the heat, take the shock to be able to go play with those puppies? Well, he doesn't. And as the puppies go down the beach, gets frustrated, literally harumphs, and just sits down. And the preacher mentions this to the dog's owner, their friends that they're staying with, and says, gosh, it's so sad. Couldn't he just go and play with the pups? He said, well, the funny thing is we turned off the electric fence six months ago. The dog doesn't know it. The dog was trained because of some fear or pain it experienced in its past that kept it from doing something in its present. How many of us have been zapped in the past How many of us have said, no, I'm not doing that again. Saw where that led us. And so we remain in our little yard, in our little space, because we're afraid to step. What gives us courage? What gives us power? What gives us the ability to say, I'm going to step and see what happens? It is our God. It is our creator, redeemer, and sustainer that says, I am with you. I've given you everything you need. I am not going to abandon you. You do this, and I am with you. Now, that doesn't mean harming yourself. But when it comes to faith, why can't we step out against those fears that keep us locked in our quiet place? It is not where we are called. Again, if those first disciples had seen Jesus raised from the dead and then ascend and they said, gosh, that was amazing. We'll tell our kids and grandkids about that. But then did nothing as a result. None of us would be here today. We are being called just like those first disciples. We are empowered in the same way that they were. However that Trinitarian understanding of God works, it is inside of us. It is around us. And it leads us every day when we dare open ourselves to it. We can't turn it off like a television because we're afraid. We're, We're afraid of it as well, about what we think will happen to us if God really, if we allow God into our hearts and lives. And yet, that's what brings power and meaning in this life. It is why we were created. And it is what we celebrate on this day. There was a preacher who talked about the Trinity at a service and then went home with a family after. Six year old little girl at the table, parents are talking about the sermon And she says, preacher, all I ever hear you say is blah, 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 love, blah, 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 love. To which the minister says, not bad, kid. You got it. God, the creator, blah, 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 loves you, made you, resides with you. Jesus, the redeemer, blah, 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 love lived for you, died for you, rose for you, and seeks to fill your life with grace, forgiveness, joy, and meaning. And God's Holy Spirit, blah, 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 love, that is God's presence with us now, fills you with everything that you need to be successful, to leave the quiet place of fear in our hearts, to step out into the world so others will know this joy. Let's go today. Hallelujah. Amen.